Hello, my name is Mickey, and I want to welcome you to my brand new journal podcast series called Wild Soul Magic. I am excited to be your host as I will be sharing my very own personal transformational life story as an aspiring artist while promoting the many healing benefits of art and nature along the way. You know, personal stories are powerful, they are emotional, and they can connect us in so many ways. So as a storyteller, it is my hope that not only do these stories inspire you, but will also help you to see that in all experiences we may encounter in life, there is always the gift of wisdom to be found. So sit back, relax, and let the stories begin. This is Episode 2, The Magic of Trees, Part 1. Family is a very powerful word, and that word has many definitions these days. When I think of a family, the first thing I always picture is a giant tree, because a tree is by far one of the most powerful and majestic symbols that represents our family foundations and our family legacies of our lives. trees have always amazed me. They have long been associated with the magical mystical power since the beginning of time. They are a divine legendary symbol that links both heaven and earth and are capable of living thousands of years old. I mean think about that. They hold ancient secrets and possess amazing healing medicinal powers. I mean they give us oxygen, they clean our air, they give us food, and they provide shelter to the many humans and wildlife in our world. From ancient biblical stories to fairy tale movies, trees have always had a sacred importance and purpose to the planet. And that includes our family tree. We are all born into a family tree. And it's that sacred bridge that connects us to our ancestors of both past and present. And within that family tree lies the hidden record of wisdom and gifts of our life stories. Those gifts can come in many forms, as we all do inherit something from our ancestors. Some ancestors can leave emotional scars that can last a lifetime, while others can leave a beautiful legacy behind with stories of strong character, faith, love, compassion, and a very strong sense of independence like my grandmothers gave to me. So getting ready for this podcast series, I decided to take a deeper look inside my family tree so I can discover more about who I am, where I came from, and my family's history. And what I discovered was quite revolutionary. So stay tuned. As a child, I always had a really strong sense of independence, even on my very first day of kindergarten. So the story goes that it was on my first day of kindergarten class and my mom was taking me to school for the very first time to meet my teacher. And the classroom was at the end of a long hallway. Well, on that particular day, I put my hand on my hip, I looked at my mom and I told her, no mom, I can do this, I can walk myself to class. And she let me. (laughs) I mean, she watched me as I, you know, walked away, but she said she had tears in her eyes and gosh, I feel bad. I feel like I robbed her out of a parent moment. But, you know, she wanted to give me that independence. And when I stop and think about the matriarchs and my family tree and how they were, oh yeah, then it's no surprise where that independence came from.
One of my grandmothers, who I lived closer to and spent more time with, was named Goggy. And we called her Goggy because my sister couldn't pronounce grandma when she was little. So she called her Goggy and it stuck. Now, one of my earliest memories of Goggy was when she was living in a farmhouse that was in a small town of Missouri on about 10 acres that was surrounded by woods. Back then, I didn't realize how truly brave my grandmother was. For her to live in that farmhouse all by herself, surrounded by woods, that was brave because those woods felt so creepy at night. At one point, her house was under some construction, so we had to use an outhouse for a period of time. Well, I remember sometimes we would have to get up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom, and I remember being so scared to go out to that outhouse, especially during thunderstorms. Gonky, though, never seemed to be afraid. She would just grab her shotgun, her flashlight, and her dog, and we would all walk out to the outhouse together. But I remember how creepy it was. And every once in a while, as she was shining her flashlight around the woods, we would always see these glowing red eyes in the woods staring back at us. For the most part, the red eyes usually turned out to be a fox that was lurking around my grandmother's henhouse at night. But now, after seeing so many Bigfoot documentaries and paranormal encounters over the years, I start to wonder what else could have been in those woods. My grandmother was quite a beautiful woman. Doggy had beautiful brown hair that was mixed with silvery streaks of gray all throughout it. She had short, soft, wavy curls that she kept pinned in rollers every night. And I remember her complexion was really beautiful. And she used to put on this night cream every night called Lady Esther. She had the kindest eyes, the warmest smile, and magical hugs that could melt away any pain. Besides being very beautiful, my grandmother had a wonderful personality. She was loving and funny and feisty and bold. And she wasn't afraid to speak her mind, especially when it came to politics. Goggy's farm was kind of small. She had chickens, a few roosters, some white rabbits, a garden, and one duck named Henrietta. Now, the rabbit farm started with just one rabbit that my sister caught in an Easter egg hunt. It was Easter, and my family decided to go visit my grandmother that weekend, and her town was holding their annual Easter egg hunt. They hid plastic eggs with real money prizes, and also real rabbits that if you caught, you could keep. And I really wanted one. So by the count of three, all the kids were running around the field, hunting for eggs, and trying to catch the rabbits. And every time I got close to catching one, some kid who was always faster than me would come up and scoop it up. So I never caught a darn rabbit. <laughs> well, my sister Debbie had better luck than I did that day. So she was able to outrun the other kids and was finally able to catch a huge white rabbit that she happily named Daisy. And that's how my grandmother's rabbit farm got started. What was interesting is my grandmother really didn't have any toys on the farm. But my sister and I were always able to find things to do. Goggy had a tire swing that we loved to play on. We did puzzles. We played cards. We, of course, fed the rabbits and the chickens. We listened to hours of country music. 
paint empty turtle shells that we would always find in the woods. And we also like listening in on the party line. So the party line was a really common thing back then. So back in the day, um, especially in rural areas, more than one person would share the same telephone loop circuit. And so there was no privacy back then. People who were on your same telephone circuit could pick up the phone and listen in on your conversation. Oh yeah. And if anybody was using it, you couldn't get on the phone until they were off. So if you had an emergency, you would have to bust in on that phone conversation and tell them to get off the phone. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, Goggy let us listen in many times as we heard much of the town gossip. I remember one time my sister and I took a pair of my grandmother's brand new pair of pantyhose and decided to pull them down over our faces. And we just thought that was the funniest thing ever. So my grandmother had this like closet full of old clothes. And so I went in there one day, found this pink checkered dress, long dress, got the pantyhose out, put it over my head, pulled it down, distorted my face all up, and then found a gray wig. And that particular weekend, my dad had brought her go-kart down. I got in the go-kart and I just started ripping all over around the property looking that way. <laughs> I'm sure I looked crazy, and my, but my grandmother got the biggest kick out of that. I can't even imagine what the neighbors must have thought when they looked out the window and saw that. I mean, my God, it wasn't even Halloween. But my all-time favorite thing to do was to take walks in the woods with the two dogs, Shep and Poochie. Now, I remember one time our cousins came down, and they were older cousins, so my grandmother decided to let us go for a walk in the woods by herself. On this particular day, we got lost. Somehow, we got off the main trail and got turned around. And I remember getting worried as it seemed like we had been gone for hours. I mean, this was before cell phone days, and nobody was wearing a watch. But the sun was starting to set, and we were getting worried. Well, somehow, Shep and Poochie knew we were in trouble. Those two dogs panted, they barked, they got our attention. Until finally, we decided to follow them. And thank God we did, because they led us back to the house. Shep and Poochie became our heroes that day. Getting ready for bed at my grandmother's house was so much fun. I used to love snuggling down into the bed under the nice, cool sheets with under the warm blanket as the cool, crisp summer air would come breezing through the windows. And I would love falling off to sleep while listening to the beautiful chorus of crickets singing throughout the night, along with the faint calls of these two types of birds called the whippoorwills and the bob whites. Goggy also had a feather bed mattress that every now and then she would bring out and let my sister and I sleep on. And oh my God, that thing was heavenly. Well, one particular night, as we were getting ready to sleep on the feather bed, my grandmother wanted to share something very special with us. She opened up her hands to show us this strange looking tuft of feathers that looked like they were all swirled together and joined in the center. And on that night, Gagi decided to share a story with us. It was a strange and mysterious story called The Crown of Feathers. So the story goes like this. When a person dies on a feather pillow or bed and goes to heaven, 
the angels will come and leave what is called a crown of feathers inside the pillow or bed in memory of them. Angagi was no stranger to loss as she had suffered many losses throughout the course of her lifetime. Gagi had spent the biggest portion of her youth going through the Great Depression. She got married by the time she was 20 and eventually became a mother to three sons. But by the age of 24, Gagi experienced her first great loss of her younger brother, who was killed in action during the invasion of Iwo Jima. He was a 22-year-old Corporal Marine and squad leader who took heroic actions and died in saving the life of one of his fellow soldiers. His family was given the bronze medal in his honor. And seven years later, my grandmother suffered another great loss. So the story goes that one foggy morning, her husband Stan, who had been working as a truck driver for a week, had to haul some cows to an auction that morning. And in this particular morning, the fog was really, really bad. And during this time, there were no train crossing guard arms. I don't know why, you know, but there, for some reason, they didn't have them back then. And for some reason, he didn't hear the train. Well, unfortunately, as he was crossing over the train tracks, a train was coming. And smashed into his truck, which was thrown about 40 feet and landed flipped upside down. So, unfortunately, the cab of the truck was smashed completely in and my grandfather died instantly. So Stan's life ended at the young age of 34, leaving behind three young sons for my grandmother to take care of. I never knew my grandfather. Well, little did my grandmother know that five years later, she would yet receive more tragic news. One fateful afternoon, Goggy's oldest teenage son, Stan, along with his youngest brother, Brian, who was only 12 at the time, my dad, decided to go play a friendly game of tag along with their other friend on top of their flat roof apartment building they lived in. Now, unfortunately, we will never know the full details of how this happened because my dad never spoke of this day. But little did any one of them know that an innocent game of tag would come to a tragic end when somehow Stan accidentally fell off a four-story building and later died in the hospital that night. I cannot even fathom the pain and agony my grandmother personally went through during those times as she has suffered one of the most painful things a parent can go through. Now, as people, we will all endure some level of loss in life. I mean, it's just unavoidable. Some people will go through horrible losses, like my grandmother, and those experiences will change those people forever. Some people grow angry and bitter and close themselves off 
as a form of protection from the world, or even worse, become suicidal over the many horrific losses they endure. While others, like my grandmother, can take those tragic experiences and somehow find the courage to go through that pain and allow that pain to change them for the better. Now I would say that pain and loss are the top two things that most people would love to avoid in life. But believe it or not, there is actually a positive side of pain. I mean, pain can be a great reminder of how lucky we are each day just to be alive. Because each day is really a gift. And through our struggles, we can actually find out who our true friends are. Pain and loss can remind us of what's truly important and what's truly petty. And it's, of course, a huge reminder of how we should never take things for granted. Pain can be humbling in so many ways. My grandmother taught me so much. She went through some of the greatest pains any parent can ever endure. But she survived it. Her tragic losses gave her the courage to love more, appreciate more, and brought her family much closer together. Now that doesn't always happen with families. My grandmother gave me the gift to be able to see the beauty in the ashes of life. And that was one of the greatest gifts my grandmother left to me. And it was her legacy she left behind. So I wanted to end this podcast with a poem by Johnny Ray Ryder Jr. called The Oak Tree. A mighty wind blew night and day. It stole the oak tree's leaves away, then snapped its boughs and pulled its bark until the oak was tired and stark. But still the oak tree held its ground while other trees fell all around. The weary wind gave up and spoke, How can you still be standing, oak? The oak tree said, I know that you can break each branch of mine in two, carry every leaf away, shake my limbs and make me sway. But I have roots stretched in the earth, growing stronger since my birth. You'll never touch them, for you see, they are the deepest part of me. Until today, I wasn't sure of just how much I could endure. But now I found, with thanks to you, I am stronger than I ever knew. This is the end of part one. Part two will be available on October 20th. I want to thank you for listening in to my podcast today. I hope you liked it and will continue to follow my journey along with me. If you'd like to support my podcast, you can do so by offering a monthly pledge of as little as a dollar by visiting my Wild Soul Magic page on www.spotify.com and click on the link at the bottom of the description. And please know that your support and pledges are greatly appreciated. So take care, stay safe. This is Mickey signing off with Wild Soul Magic.